We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or good morning, whatever time of the day you're listening to this episode. I'm glad to have you guys back for another episode of Peace with the Process. This is your host, Blake Gann. I want to thank everybody who has given us a five-star rating and left a review. It is very much appreciated. If you have not left your review yet or given us a rating, I would very much appreciate you taking just a moment now, if you're on Apple Podcasts, to leave a review. I did have a few people reach out who are listening on Spotify. To my knowledge, they do not have a place to leave a rating and review at this time. So, if you're listening on there, continue to listen on Spotify. You know, don't go out of your way. No need at all. But I really do appreciate those reviews and ratings here on Apple Podcasts. Um, today, I have an amazing guest that I'm very excited to bring to you guys. So I'm not going to delay any further. We have Jim Harshaw Jr. on the show today. He's a former Division One All-American wrestler as well as a former Division One coach. He is a TEDx speaker as well as a performance coach for athletes, as well as CEOs, high performers, and what he teaches is an accumulation of the things that he has learned throughout his career in the wrestling industry, as well as life lessons that he has learned himself. Him and I actually share the concept of the four value areas, and you'll hear him talk a little bit about that as well. So without further ado, I bring to you Jim Marshall Jr. All right, Jim, I'm so honored to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm well, Blake. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I've, uh, like I said, I caught some of your content on the, uh, the Order of Man podcast, and I really resonated with what you were talking about. Having, I've had an opportunity to check out your podcast. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got started into uh, you know, coaching people. You've talked with a lot of different CEOs, entrepreneurs, and, and really helping these guys into uh, you know, really developing themselves. Yeah, great question. I mean, I, it's really in my background. So I, I got a master's degree in teaching and always thought I would be a teacher. I got into coaching collegiate wrestling. I was an All-American wrestler at the University of Virginia. So I got into coaching and just really love that. And I don't have very many gifts in the world, but one of the things I feel like I have a gift to do is to really help people gain clarity in, in their goals and their mission and their purpose and, and uh, gain clarity on, on what's next for them and, and really break things down that are complex into simple next steps. And, and uh, that led me to coaching. I mean, there's a, a much longer, deeper backstory into how I actually got into becoming a, a personal performance coach and executive life coach, but, um, but that's kind of the, the short version. Yeah, no, I mean, by all means, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of that long version. I love to hear, yeah. hear uh, you know, the, the journey. 
Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, I was a, a wrestler at, at Virginia, University of Virginia, and um, had a successful career. I was a three-time ACC champion and All-American, as I mentioned. And, and then uh, I went on sort of the string of successes in my life where I was an All-American and I trained at the Olympic Training Center. I was invited to train full-time as an Olympic hopeful out there. Um, went out there for a little bit and realized I really wanted to get into coaching. I really wanted to turn the page on my, my career and got into coaching. And, um, I coached for about a decade and I was actually the youngest division one head wrestling coach in the country. And, uh, and I, I eventually got out of coaching. Um, it was just a life consuming, uh, profession, which I loved, but it just wasn't good for, for starting a family. And, um, uh, my wife were in, well, I were in that position. It was, so we, uh, I stepped out of coaching and uh, started my first business. And that was a success. I built that business over a few years and sold that. And I started my next business. And I thought, man, this is, this is the business that is going to really set me up for, for the rest of my life and really take care of my family. And, you know, I had all this momentum from athletics to getting two degrees from the number one public school in the country to coaching to my first business. And, and I had no, you know, no reason to believe that this wasn't going to be the same and went into this business with high hopes and put my head down and I worked. And that's, that's all I really know how to do I know how to work. I've got a work ethic. And, yeah. and I put my head down and I went to it. And before I knew it, you know, two years goes by and I finally look up and I look around and I realize like everything that I'm trying to build, everything I'm working towards I'm, I'm crushing. I'm actually, you know, doing the opposite. I'm, I'm moving away from it. Right. I'm uh, in, um, I have a broken relationship with my wife. I'm not spending enough time with her. I'm uh, not spending enough time with my kids. I'm, you know, I've got a business that's failing and we have debt up to our eyeballs. Uh, I'm in the worst physical shape of my life. And as a former athlete, this is this, that didn't feel good. And it was, you know, it was a dark time. I was like, I was, you know, for lack of a better description, I was broke and broken at that point. And I literally remember Blake shutting down that business. And I was, I was sitting on my couch in my living room, scrolling through Craigslist, looking for a job, you know, scrolling past jobs for like, you know, paper boys and unpaid internships. And, and, you know, I, I remember that night, literally when I closed the lid on my computer, and I walk upstairs and my wife's already asleep in bed and I just lay down next to her and I'm staring at the ceiling thinking to myself, like, like, how did I get here? Like this, this wasn't supposed to be where I ended up. You know, I had all this, this string of success in my life and, and now I, here I am at the bottom. And I thought to myself, like, what was in place in my life when I was competing at the highest level when I was executing at, a, at the highest level. And I realized literally I was laying there in bed thinking about this one night and I realized there were, there were four things in place in my life when I was operating at my highest potential capacity. And those things were not in place in my life now at that point. And I realized there was this number one, like I knew what I valued. Like when I was, when I was competing, like I knew what my values were. I maybe couldn't have stated them as core values like I can today, but I knew that I wanted to be tough, like the mentors and coaches and national champions and Olympians who, who guided me and coached me. They were tough. They were disciplined people. They were respected. They often went on to success after wrestling. And I thought like, that's, that's what I wanted. And that's what I valued.
And so that was the first step is you have to be very clear on that. And I was clear on what I valued when I was competing and I wasn't later in life. It was kind of like, you know, I did, hadn't, hadn't refound, uh, rediscovered what was really driving me. And then the second piece is I had goals that were aligned with those values, like not goals that aligned with what the fraternity guys were doing on Saturday night or what my other teammates wanted to do. Like I had goals that aligned with Jim Harshaw and, and nobody else. And out in the real world, like, what do we do? We, we tend to align our goals with what's parked in our neighbor's driveway, driveway, like, or, or what we see on Instagram or social media yeah. or what the mass media forces upon us instead of like creating goals that align with us. So that was the second piece. It was the, these aligned goals. And the third of four was I had like this environment. I call it the environment of excellence. Like when I was competing, I was surrounded by coaches who would kick me in the ass if I needed a kick or, or help me course correct or help me see my blind spots. I had teammates. I was accountable to them. They were accountable to me. We had like, we were like-minded. We had similar goals. Um, I had nutritionists, sports psychologists, strength and conditioning coaches, academic advisors. I had this environment that propelled me towards success and that aligned with my values and my goals. And then the fourth and final piece is I had a plan for following through. Like some people who are listening to this set goals. Some people actually have written documented goals. Most people don't. But even for those who do, they don't have a plan to follow through when life gets crazy, when the boss throws another project on your desk, when the kids get sick, when the car breaks down, when life gets hard, when a pandemic hits. Like, what's your plan for executing even when you don't feel like it, even when things get really hard? Well, yeah. I, I had that plan as an athlete. That was part of, you know, if I lost a wrestling match on Saturday, coach is like, Hey Jim, I'll see you tomorrow morning, eight o'clock in the weight room. You know, we got a team left. Like my scholarship depended on it. Um, it was my identity. That's, that's what I did and, and who I was. And, and so I, I had this plan to follow through and I had people to make me follow through. And, and again, out in the real world, I didn't have these things. But when I realized that literally that night laying in bed, it was like a camera lens coming into focus. I said, this is what I need to do. This is the blueprint. And I started imp- putting these things back in place into my life. And before long, I was seeing like real tangible results. Like I healed my relationship with my wife and started spending more time with my kids. I got back in shape again. And, you know, I've since done Spartan races and half marathon and a marathon and, and, you know, I tripled my income, uh, quit my six figure job and get to do what I'm doing now. Like, so I've had this massive transformation since then, but early on in the transformation, uh, I had a chance to give a TEDx talk and it was titled why I teach my children to fail. And that got caught a lot of traction and people started asking me to speak. And so I started speaking on the topic and that led to me starting a podcast and I got to interview all these amazing people. You know, I've gotten to interview, you know, uh, uh, you know, CEOs and Navy SEALs and astronauts and New York times number one best-selling authors. And I've come to realize that this, framework that I just laid out to you, Blake, is not something that works for Jim. This is like this universal framework or system or process for living your best life, for maximizing your potential. Because so many people out there, you know, they feel like there's more potential in them. They, 
They, they feel like they're stuck. They don't know how to get to the next level. They're busy every day. They're going, they're getting a hundred things done and they're going a hundred miles an hour every day. But at the end of the day, they don't feel like they really move the needle in their lives. And that's what this framework does. It helps you level up. It helps you maximize your, your potential in the world. And so, so I started the podcast and I came to this realization, there's this framework, this universal framework. And so I developed a curriculum around it with the help of some world-class uh, sports psychologists and, and management consultants. And what we have, what we came out with is, is a program. It's a coaching program. Uh, it's called Reveal Your Path. It's eight weeks long. And I, and I walk my clients through it. So that was the genesis of this whole product. Kind of a long story, but that's, that's the backstory. It was, you know, this, you know, a lot of failure initially in wrestling, which is what my TEDx talk is about, like my failure that led to success in wrestling. And then when I was on top, you know, I had that string of successes and then got into a deep, dark place. Uh, as an adult and, and how I use those same lessons and, you know, discover this framework and, and move through that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's inspiring having that moment, that pinnacle moment where you just decide there has to be a framework that gets me from where I've gotten to by letting things get, you know, this far along without having one, that's going to get me to where I need to go. Uh, and having built that and offering that is um uh, you know, it's, uh, it's timeless. You know, I think it's something that everybody needs, uh, you know, and you talk about the failure and teaching, uh, you know, your kids to fail and stuff like that. So I've also seen where, you know, resilience is, is something that you really try to instill in people. Tell us a little bit of how, you know, our listeners and people out there who are trying to get over some past failures or they're afraid of uh, a failure that's coming up, what they can do to be more resilient. Yeah. Great question. And first of all, it's, it's, you have to have this framework in place. Like when you build this framework, when you understand what you value and you have goals that align with those values, when you fail, it's, it's, it's almost irrelevant. I mean, it's not, you know, failure still sucks and, and it hurts and it's painful, but it's almost irrelevant because failing doesn't change what you value and mm -hmm. failure doesn't change what your goals are. You know, Elon Musk has failed many, many times. He's had, you know, trying to put a man in space, like he's, he's failed how many times, you know, rockets crashed and, and things didn't work out for him, but it doesn't change his goals. It doesn't change his values. It doesn't change what he wants to accomplish. So you have to get really clear. So that helps you be resilient. And the other, so, so it's number one is the core values. Number two is the clear goals. When you have those clear goals, you know that, that failure is part of the process, but it's not going to be a straight line. And, but that clarity of goals allows you to be resilient because if you run into that resistance and you go, ah, I don't even know if this is the right goal for me anyway. So maybe, you know, should I really keep pushing? But you have mm -hmm. to have that clarity. And then the environment of excellence, like the environment of excellence allows you to be resilient because you're surrounded by other people who, are, are experiencing the same thing. So when I was on the, on the wrestling team, there were guys that lost matches too. And so I could see that, that these other teammates of mine who, you know, some of them were, were mentors of mine. They were guys who I looked up to and I, I could, you know, if I saw them lose a match, I'm like, okay, well, so that's normal. Okay. That's failures actually part of the process. It's a necessary step on the path to success. And, and having that plan for follow through um, is, you know, part of that is, is going, okay, when you set this plan, like you go, okay, like 
failure could happen along the way. Like there are things that I could control and there are things outside of my control. And if, if I'm aware of that, if I'm going into this with my eyes wide open, then you can be resilient because you, you hit a failure, you hit a stumbling block and you go, oh, okay, this is, this is one of those things that I was planning for. I was expecting mm -hmm. that, I, that I knew could potentially happen along the way. So that's, that's it. Like that's the, the framework will help you with that. But the other piece is listening to stories of people who are extremely successful and hearing about their failures. I mean, that's the whole mission of my podcast is success through failure. I take these incredibly successful people, Tim Ferriss and Ken Blanchard and some of these, these elite perform these world-class names and people who are the best in the world at what they do. And then you ask them, tell me about a time when you failed. Like, tell me some, some deep, dark story where things weren't so easy for you. And you hear their stories and you stop giving yourself that excuse. It gives you permission to go, oh, okay, I can get back up after I got knocked down. It gives you permission to, to do something hard because you know that it was hard for them too. It, you, you stop making the excuse of, ah, well, it was, it was just easier for them. They have the right degree or they had the right network or they uh, got lucky because they had this job or they had, like we all have an unfair advantage. Every single one of us has an unfair advantage and we have to, we have to find it. We have to look at it that way. I interviewed Matt Bradford. Matt Bradford is a Marine, 2007, stepped on an IED, lost both legs, went blind instantly. Wow. And, and a guy like this, like he, he, when he woke up three weeks later in the hospital, he didn't want to live. He did not want to live. For weeks, this went on. He stopped eating. He had no hope and no future, he thought. And then he realized, wait a second, I have an unfair advantage here. Like I am uniquely qualified to serve the world. Now that I am blind and don't have my legs, I can actually serve better. I can be an inspiration to these military men and women who are injured in combat or, or otherwise. Like I can be an inspiration to them and the world because of this, not despite, of, despite this, but because of it. Like, what is your unfair advantage? Once you realize that, you'll become more resilient. Yeah, no, that's, that's extremely powerful. I'd never thought of it that way. Taking something that you, maybe you initially thought that was holding you back from being able to achieve what you're doing, but using that as, you know, your, your cornerstone for saying, I achieved this mm -hmm. in spite of that and, yeah. and attracting people that maybe are going through something similar or going or think they're going through something that's keeping them from going, but Oh, it's not nearly as bad as what this guy had going on. I love that. Absolutely. Right. Um, man, I, I, uh, I think I've got one more question here for you and it's, um, in regards to what our listeners can do to start finding, uh, balance in their lives. So you talk about, uh, those values and making sure that we're aligned with those. And I know those play a big part in finding that balance. Could you talk a little bit more about those values and things we need to look for within them and to, to get started? The first step is to get off the treadmill of life. Like we're all running, we're all going, we're all in that rat race. 
And, you know, it's like the saying goes, uh, you know, even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat, <laughs> you know, get out of the rat race, step off the treadmill of life because we're all going so fast and we don't hit the pause button. And I always ask my guests, I always say, what, what is the one habit that you most credit for your success? Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised by the answers for the New York times, number one, best-selling author. It's never the writing for the Olympic gold medalist athlete. It's never the training for the uh, billionaire investor. It's never the investing. It's always some version of hitting the pause button. For example, they'll say uh, the, the one habit that is most that I credit most with my, for my success is working with a coach or uh, it's planning my week in advance or it's, journaling or meditation or uh, taking an annual retreat. This one guy I talked to, he takes an annual retreat every year with his wife. They, they go for two or three days. They look at the year prior and they look at the year ahead and they set their goals. Like this is the kind of thing that these, these elite performers, these world-class performers do. They hit the pause button. And I've coined a term called the productive pause. And it's, it's this, this is the definition. A productive pause is a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. Cause that's what we all want is clarity of action and peace of mind. And you can't have that by staying in the rat race, by staying on the treadmill. So the first step to finding balance is hitting the pause button. What do I mean? What does that look like? Well, hitting the pause button and saying, okay, where am I out of balance? Ask yourself the question, sit down and and either answer the question out loud to yourself, have that conversation out loud, answer it by journaling, Uh, answer it by having a conversation with, with your spouse. If you're married, you can have that, that conversation like, Hey, listen, like, where are we out of balance? Why are we out of balance? This is the type of question that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. If you just race through your day, and you listen to another podcast like this one, you listen to this episode, and then you move on with your day. You don't hit the pause button and reflect on this and ask yourself, what did I learn? What can I implement from this episode? How can I actually use this to change my life? If you don't do that, you're just going to keep zooming past the opportunity. So, so how to find balance is step off the treadmill, ask yourself, for example, what's important? What's really important here? Or what's important now? That's a great productive pause question. Yeah, and absolutely. When you start asking yourself these questions, you you gain that clarity. Um, and and finding balance. I mean, what are the what are the areas you want to find balance? And, and by the way, everybody, there's this new thing out there where nobody wants to call it balance anymore, work life balance. And they go, oh, it's you know, there's no such thing as balance. I keep hearing this, and people say, oh, there's no such thing as balance. It's work life integration now. Like I think you know, Tony Robbins started saying that it's not balance, it's integration now. You know, everybody's trying to come up with their new term, right? It's the same thing. It's a matter of semantics, right? So um, it's simply this. It doesn't have to balance out at the end of the day or the week or the month, but it has to balance out at some point, right? You Mm. can't just work 12 to 15 hour days and not spend time with your family. That's out of balance. But you might have to do that for a day or a week or a month in your busy season or when somebody gets let go from the company and you've got to take over two roles now, you might have to do that. But at the end of that, you might then get a week, take a week's vacation. Or you might uh, um, 
scale down your workouts instead of uh, training for a marathon where you have to go for two hour runs, you might say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to put the marathon on hold right now. I'm going to scale that back to running a 10 K so I can spend more time with my family so I can get back into balance. So those are yeah. some of the things you have to look at. So the four areas where we work on setting goals with my clients is our relationships, self, health, and wealth, relationships, self, health, and wealth. And relationships, self-explanatory, literally we set relationship goals, like going on date nights with your wife or spending time, X number of time and hours with the kids, whatever it might be. Uh, self is maybe not so explanatory, self-explanatory. It's, it's growth, impact, or fun. Growth, impact, fun. Those are kind of goals like where you, growth means, you know, learning a new skill, taking a course, reading a book. Impact, volunteering or philanthropy. Fun, just something that's fun. Like I love camping. Uh, two years ago, my, my, my goal was to go camping by myself in the wilderness without anybody. I love doing that, but I now haven't gotten to do it really since I had kids. And my oldest is 15 years old. And so that was, that was my goal. That was a, a self goal. Uh, health yeah. is self-explanatory and then wealth slash work goal. So if you're looking for a framework for goal setting, those are the four areas that really people can set goals in to, to help them find a balance. Yeah. And I, uh, it's funny that you mentioned one of those goals that you had for yourself was to take a, you know, a solo camping trip. I actually just did one about two weeks or so ago. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, just because the thought of it made me, initially it made me a little bit nervous. I've never done it before. And I was like, you know what? It's giving me a little bit nervous. That just means I have to do it. Yeah, and I found absolutely. myself, as I was getting closer, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll holler at a buddy and it'll be a little bit more fun. And I was like, no, no, it has to be a solo camping trip. It has to be. How did you feel after it was over? Did you enjoy it? Oh, man, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Set up that tent, went out and did some kayaking, uh, did a lot of reading, hanging out in the hammock and you know, getting the food fixed up and everything. It was amazing. It was Good amazing. You. Absolutely. I agree. Those, uh, you know, those, those key areas are definitely areas. And I think a lot of people tend to, when they think of goals, they think of goals in a sense of uh, wealth, you know, that, that fourth one that you, that you mentioned there. That's right. And that's, that's what, what people that's, think of. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks of. Like, I need goals. Okay. So you want me to tell you what it is that I'm working toward in my business or I'm working toward at work. No, I just want to know what are you working toward like you said, in yourself and your relationships and your health, there's so much more that you could be opening up to. And I wouldn't be surprised, Jim, to see people sit down to put goals together for each four of those areas and find themselves a little stumped on some of them. Yep. So I, I definitely think that that'll give some people some things to really mull over, you know, be a good light bulb that goes off and wow, I really don't have any goals for myself. A lot of people have goals for their health. That's another one. That's, that's another big one up there. Fitness industry sure. pushes that a lot, uh, but maybe relationships. I think that's a big one. Like you said, it's uh, we, we fail to see the amount of intentional effort that is needed uh, for relationships. We think that just because people hang out with us every day, that we don't have to intentionally set things up and analyze where that relationship is and what we need to do to make sure it either stays the same or gets better. So absolutely, I love that, I love that. Um, Jim, I think we're getting toward the end here and man, I, uh, I absolutely love it when, when my guests pretty much take over the show, you know, because that's your passion and, and you're speaking into it and you're pouring into it. So I know that you're, the listeners have had a lot um, to pick up from you and they, uh, they can find more from you on your podcast. Um, and 
before we get going, I do want to make sure, let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can keep up with you at and, uh, and, and kind of follow you on this journey. Yeah, absolutely. JimHarshawJr.com. Um, if you do want to have a conversation about how you can start to get some of this clarity, I do free coaching calls. It's just a, a one-time free coaching clarity call. Uh, JimHarshawJr.com slash apply. And you can uh, just you get direct access to my calendar and you can select a time. There's limited spots on there, but you can select a time. And then um, the other option is uh, jimharshawjr.com slash action. And that will give you access to all of the action plans from the interviews that I've done, all these world-class performers. So you don't have to listen to every single episode. You can kind of just get the cliff notes uh, again at the website there. But I'm on social media as well. Jim Harshaw on Twitter, Jim Harshaw Jr. on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn just by uh, doing a search for my name. So I look forward to connecting with anybody. And if you do listen and you want to connect with me for sure on LinkedIn, let me know who you are, where you heard me. Otherwise, I get a million people who reach out to me and try to connect and I just ignore them unless there's some kind of uh, connection point. And this would be a great connection point through your podcast, Blake. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, guys, let them know you heard him on a Peace with the Process podcast. Um, he's got a lot to give, and I've definitely learned a lot just from this short conversation here. Um, I can't wait to dive into more of what he's got going on. Jim, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Likewise, Blake. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Peace with the Process. I have thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Mr. Jim Harshaw. If you've enjoyed it as well, make sure you check him out and follow his journey. I think that him and I definitely connect very well on the things that he is teaching and coaching uh, in terms of having a plan, making sure that you're following out that plan. And part of the, the process behind that is making sure that it's connecting back to the things that you truly value. So, uh, take a look at what Jim has going on. Check out his podcast. I've had the opportunity to listen in to several episodes, and I always come away with something that I can apply to my own life. I hope that everyone here is able to do the same thing on our show and always walk away with someone else that they can dive into, dig a little bit deeper into the guests that they connect with, and really pull away some more amazing nuggets of wisdom just as Jim did for us today. So thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode, and I will see you next time on Peace with the Process.